0: Well good morning beloved I'm Jonathan Coleman one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills I know we have uh, heavy hearts uh, today about what's happening in the Ukraine and I feel led to uh, lead us in a prayer uh, together so if you want to uh, take that hand of the person sitting next to you and, and uh, just join me in prayer Gracious God, Father, we pray for the people of Ukraine, people of Russia, for those countries, their leaders. We lift up right now those who are in fear, experiencing the terrors, terrors of war. Hold them, draw them close into your presence. We pray for those who have the power over life and death, that they would choose life for all people. We pray for those who choose war, that they will remember that you direct your people to turn swords into plowshares and to seek peace. God, we pray for leaders around this world, that they would be guided by wise diplomacy and speak up. With courage and boldness. Above all Lord. This morning. We pray for peace in Ukraine. And we come together. Acknowledging this. In the name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's children say. Amen. Amen. Well we are in our final week. Of our series on prayer where we started uh, talking about God, meeting with God, that this God of the universe of all creation wants to meet with you. And that's amazing news. And then conversation number two, we talked about how we can communicate. We found out some of the attributes and characteristics of this incredible God. And then in week three, we asked God to help us, to hear us. We found out that God desires for us to listen and not just talk. It's a two-way conversation. Last week in conversation number four, we, we came forward a little bit more, a little more risk. And we asked God to search us, to search our hearts and our minds and our souls. And in those powerful moments, we received God's forgiveness that no matter what you've done, you confess your sins to God he's faithful and just and he forgives you of all your sins and cleanses you from all unrighteousness this morning's message as Kevin alluded to there is entitled make me bold make me bold could anyone here use a little more boldness in their lives I bet many of us would say yes to that question. And let me clarify what I mean, because boldness in and of itself is not necessarily a good thing. For example, there's ignorant boldness, like this dude. You don't want to do that. I know, that's bad, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Boldness plus ignorance equals injury. Injury to yourself or others. And then there's obnoxious boldness. It's like the bold elderly woman who would start each day by walking out on her front porch and yell, praise God, I'm alive today. Now, praising God is a a wonderful thing to do. And she did it every morning. But she woke up her neighbors praising God every morning. Her next door neighbor was an atheist. And he started shouting back at her. She'd yell, praise God. And he'd say, there is no God, woman. Well, unfortunately, the woman lost her job, and she was having trouble buying uh, food. So one day she yelled, praise God, but I need food. The next day she went out, and there was a bag of groceries on her porch. She was so excited that she yelled, praise God, he sent me groceries. Well, her neighbor jumped out from behind the bushes and laughed, I told you there was no God. I bought the groceries. And so the woman started jumping up and down and yelling excitedly, he sent me groceries and he had the devil pay for them. (laughs) You see, it's funny, but it's kind of obnoxious. I'm not talking about ignorant boldness or obnoxious boldness. Boldness plus obnoxiousness is offense. I'm talking today about obedience boldness it's the boldness that begins with the power of the Holy Spirit it doesn't begin with us trying to muster up bravery or muster up toughness that's kind of self-centered in a way I want something so much better for you my friends Obedient boldness really begins with the power of the Holy Spirit as it says, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want the, your power to make me bold enough to do what you call me to do, Lord. That's life changing prayer. That's life changing boldness. That's living. That's living for others. Living for him. It's a tough prayer to pray because we often fear obedient boldness. Last week, Pastor John Ferguson said, and this really struck a chord with me, what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. And that cut to my heart. I remember standing back there and going, hallelujah, ouch. Ow! What do you fear? That hinders you from boldness. We might think that maybe I'm not blank enough, spiritual enough, or smart enough, or interesting enough, or witty enough. Or maybe we say, we think that God's going to call us to do something crazy if we pray for boldness. Like, I don't want to go to Africa or Mexico, God. Or we think, well, how will others see me? Or we fear rejection, that we'll lose friends, or maybe the respect of a colleague. And then we also have personal insecurities within us. And then last, Satan is great at giving us excuses not to be bold for God. And it's often those subtle nudges that stop us from being bold. Let me tell you, there's been times in my life where... I've stepped out in obedient boldness. And these have been some of the most adventurous times in my life for the kingdom. But there are many other times that i failed to do so, my friends. To be obedient in boldness. When God calls you to step out in boldness, you learn how much you trust God. In September of last year, we were holding our Fresh Expression uh, church service at Deadlow Brewery. As you know, a lot of I'm kind of the food truck of Anderson Hills. I go out to breweries and we have art studios and assisted living centers and we have these kinds of services. Um, and we were about 15 minutes away from starting our service at Deadlow Brewery. And this rock band came into our room. And they wanted to set up their equipment on the deck right outside these glass doors. ...in this room at Deadlow Brewery. And they said, hey, we're going to start at noon. And they looked a little perturbed at us being there. And I explained to them, I said, you know, we're from a church... ...and we'll be finished up about 11.30 a.m. Well, during our worship service, they were setting up and it was so annoying. At one time during our worship service, a band member opened the door... ...and walked in right where Tom and Mary Wessel were were leading us in our, our Christian music... Then as I preached, you could hear their voices as they were setting up, they were calling to each other, and I started to get so annoyed. Ironically, I was preaching about being salt of the earth and adding flavor to other people's lives. And I was asking key questions like, are you salty? Are you like a preservative for this earth? And during the closing song, I couldn't help it. My frustration turned into seeing them through the eyes of God and I felt compelled to walk outside and talk to these guys in this band but I have to say I was terrified but I felt led to say something I said I'm pastor Jonathan Coleman I'm here with Anderson Hills United Methodist Church we do church services and breweries and I want to ask you guys a question and I remember shaking I said, are you guys Christians? I said, if not, would you like to become a Christian? It was like the record scratched and stopped and they looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> and they continued and they just said, man, we're just trying to set up here. No, we don't, we don't have time for that. So I just walked back and I turned around and went back into the room. But in my heartstrings were tugging when we finished the service, I just felt led to go back out there. And God kept nudging me. And as a matter of fact, I had this idea in my brain that I would give them my business card. And if they wanted to contact me after, after they were done with their service or, or with their, their, their time where they were playing. Um, but I didn't. I didn't follow up. I look back and I keep saying to myself, shoulda, woulda, coulda. And I actually saw a person... That was in that band later on. And I just smiled at them. And I had another opportunity to be bold with them again. And I said no to that. Are we bold when it comes to our faith? You know countless people in the Bible. They struggled with boldness. In fact most of Jesus' disciples fled and hid. After he was arrested. Imagine that, you've known Jesus for three years, you've heard his teaching, you've seen him heal the sick, you've seen him feed the hungry, raise the dead. Yet when the religious leaders come to arrest him, you hide and you watch the Son of God be taken away. That was Peter, my friends. Peter even denied when he was questioned about whether he knew Jesus or was with Jesus. He denied it three times and he swore. And Jesus uh, predicted it. But he still shrank like I did. He went away. He wept bitterly because he knew that he had failed Jesus. He chose fear over boldness. And you know what happened next. After that, Jesus was crucified, he died he was buried but on the third day he rose from the dead he was resurrected 40 days later he ascended into heaven he, he sits at the right hand of god the father almighty he did not he chose not to take his disciples with him no he left them to boldly carry out god's work and there was probably about 150 followers of jesus when he ascended into heaven and their key leaders had recently failed to show any signs of bold obedience. So the church could have easily been stomped out in that time. But you and I, you and I are here today, along with 2 billion other Christians on the earth today, so that tells us that something incredible happened to turn the tide in the lives of these 150 people. What happened? What was it? Or maybe the question is, who was it? Two words. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved in their lives with power. And the Holy Spirit gave them, imparted upon them boldness. The book of Acts tells us about how The Holy Spirit transformed the disciples' lives and helped them to become some of the most bold people this world has ever seen. In Acts chapter 2, the Spirit filled the believers with power and they poured out into the streets. And Peter, this one who denied Jesus Christ, who ran away in fear, he stood up in boldness and he started preaching the gospel. And over 3,000 people came to become believers in Jesus Christ. This same guy who denied Jesus less than two months earlier. What changed? He was filled with something other than himself. And then something amazing happened. Today's lesson shows us that Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray. They saw this guy off to the side who had been crippled since birth. You know, and people probably helped this guy get to where he needed so that he could beg, but he was lame. That's all you could do in a, in a manual labor economy like that. But this guy sees Peter and John, and he reaches up and he asks them for money. And let's listen to what he said. Peter boldly says in Acts 3, 6 through 8, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but what I'll give you, what I have, In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man up by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now my friends, if that happens, that would get some attention, wouldn't it? People coming to the prayer meeting are like, dang, is this real? You remember lame Larry? The guy we always help out around the holidays? Well, he's running around the temple because Peter prayed for him. Crowds began to gather to see what's going on, and Peter's like, why are you all so surprised? This isn't our work, this is Jesus's work. You remember Jesus, right? And then he went in to Acts 13 through 15 there. He says, this same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses to this fact. Wow, just think about that for a second. Peter's talking to the same crowd that yelled crucify him just weeks earlier. And then he calls them out. Peter preaches a very, very powerful sermon. Sometime today, read all of Acts chapter 3 and 4 and you'll see this powerful sermon that Peter preached. And I'll summarize. The same religious leaders and the temple guard, the police at that time, they came and they, they are, who, the same people who arrested Jesus... They came to those disciples, Peter and John. The same crew steps forward. And they don't love this sermon that Peter is preaching. About how they killed the Son of God. you got to know your audience, Peter, you say. These guys don't love that sermon. But Peter doesn't care. He doesn't care. He knows what it's like to hide. To desert. To deny his Lord. And there's no way, my friends, that he's going there again. Why? Because he's filled with the Holy Spirit of God. This time, he chooses holy, obedient boldness, and he speaks the truth. So they arrest Peter and John. But that didn't stop two thousand more people becoming Christians that day, my friends. You see how this—the Holy Spirit is moving, converting, showing people who the Lord of Life is, and how the Holy Spirit is utilizing people who were once afraid. The next day, they're put on trial. Peter again, it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he delivers part two of this sermon series called, You Killed Jesus, But God Raised Him Again. Acts 43. It says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, right there, there's a, that's a backhanded compliment. They aren't professional theologians. These guys don't really know how to teach and preach. Why are all their illustrations about fishing? <laughs> they aren't that smart, these guys say. But what did they have? Crazy boldness from the ministry, the personal ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. And they've been with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'll take that over anything. I'll take that over my education. I'll take the Holy Spirit and being with Jesus to empower and lead my ministry. So they release Peter and John. After telling them never speak again about this Jesus. And Peter tells them they can't do that. They got to do what God's called them to do. And these religious leaders they let them go because the crowd's going wild. Because of this this miracle that happened to lame Larry in Jesus' name. And then Peter and John went back to the other believers. And they all gathered around and look at what they said. Look at what they prayed. In Acts 4 29-31 they say and, and we get to hear their prayer. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, what great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They preached the word of God with boldness. These folks know who the Lord of life is and they want this message to spread. I don't know about you, but I want that boldness. Boldness plus Holy Spirit equals obedience. The boldness to be obedient to God's call, even when it's not easy or popular, my friends. The boldness that gives, uh, that gives me courage to, to be brave and to follow Jesus. I don't want to be lukewarm or have... Religious boredom all throughout me. I don't want to constantly play it safe instead of going all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. After all, I only have one life to live, my friends. I don't want it to be filled with regrets anymore or missed opportunities. I want to be filled with kingdom fruit that was brought about because the Holy Spirit empowered me to be bold. And I stepped up. And responded in obedience. And I pray that for you too. Maybe you're here today and you're like, okay. I'll pray like that once my fear subsides. Well, that's not how it works. Fear doesn't subside. It's one of Satan's favorite tools to keep Christians immobilized. Check out a quote from John Acoff. He says, fear doesn't have a, a natural conclusion Fear never ends on its own because it's always moving the goalposts, rewrites the rules, and changes the game. Fear doesn't finish. Bravery starts. And if you're waiting for fear to conclude, quit waiting. Choose bravery. Just like Peter and John, I hope that you would join me in choosing boldness and bravery. I choose boldness because I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to empower me that that I may be the person God is calling me to be. When we seek to be bold, it's, it's taking the gospel out. The gospel always goes out, and we see that in Acts. God gives us eyes also to see children, His children, the way He does, He gives us a heart to love others. With the same heart that he has for them. So when we pray for boldness. We're we're also asking God to give us a heart for his people. We may be burdened and grieved. And our hearts may begin to ache over something that burdens the very heart of God. And we'll experience the broken circumstances. And broken people. That will happen. We will see situations where hope seems non-existent. And God seems far. We'll endure hardships. We'll grieve with others. We'll weep with creation at times. But we will also see how the Father heals. How he restores and renews the broken. And we see that throughout the whole ministry of the New Testament. We see the heart of God. What if there's another person counting on your boldness? What if you're the vehicle for them to have hope again? To experience transformation, new life, to be able to walk again. And it's just a matter of saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Help me minister to this person. When you pray for boldness, there's an expectation that God is going to move through you and in you. It takes courage to pray that kind of prayer. Ask for something that's beyond your ability. And this is not something that the American church tends to do well. You see, we're, we're bold in, in big construction buildings and churches. We're bold in, in having these incredible services that we try to experience together. But it's hard for us to pray for this kind of boldness. That's why we need to hear God in prayer so that God can break our hearts for the world around us so that we can stop being so obsessed with ourselves and instead be consumed with God's heart for the world. I want you to listen to this beautiful impromptu church choir that gathered just a few days ago down in a subway in Ukraine. Let's look at this video. You see, they're singing in the midst of of the circumstances that are very difficult. They're singing words of hope. They're singing words of God. They're bringing God's words of presence in that subway to any passerby. And people stopped and they watched. And they saw their boldness about proclaiming that. And they heard that God is with them. And they saw that God was with them through those people. And they felt led to do that. And I believe it was through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of God. We're going to take some time to pray for boldness, my friends. You see, each week has been building on these past five weeks. Each week has been building on each week. Last week we talked about asking God, and it was risky, God to search me. And today we want to conclude asking God to make us bold for his kingdom. To fill us with his own spirit. I'm going to pray for everyone to receive boldness. But some of you, maybe you're, you're being called to take a special step forward in faithful boldness. If that's you, I'm inviting you to just to stand up and maybe come forward with our prayer partners or I'll come and lay hands on you and pray over you to pray boldness. And so let's go ahead. Let's take some time to pray together. If you feel so led, you can come up or you can stand up right where you're at and maybe outstretch your arms just to receive as we pray together what God desires To empower you with. With his own spirit. Let's pray together. God you desire. To utilize us. To be your hope. To be your love. To be. A messenger. Of God. To this hurting world choose to do that God maybe we need boldness to just simply invite a neighbor to church or to speak to a friend about our faith I pray that boldness over this congregation we pray for boldness to be your your witness or to maybe just sitting in a restaurant and asking the waitress hey can I pray for you We need boldness maybe to just say yes and and go to the Holy Spirit Conference or to the first and third Sundays where we experience a deeper time of prayer and worship at our Salem campus. God, I pray boldness upon these folks that that feel like they they just can't move forward in their faith. That they would take a step of faith in you and be filled with your empowerment to be a faithful witness. I pray for this congregation that they would take a step forward to be more generous with all of their resources and with all of their gifts that you have poured out upon them. God, I pray upon these people boldness to speak the truth in love even when it's not popular. I pray boldness for these folks to love someone who seems unlovable and to have your patience and the fruit of your Holy Spirit to love them right where they're at. I pray boldness for them to call a a friend or a family member that seemed distant from you, O God maybe to tell them how much you love them and finally Lord I pray for boldness to confront anything that doesn't belong in our lives any sin that would separate us from you and your holiness fill us in these moments oh God ministry and empowerment of your own Holy Spirit we thank you for renewing our lives through this series on prayer God you love these precious children gathered before you make us bold in all that we say and do for your kingdom we love you Pray this in Jesus Christ's name. And all of God's people say, Amen.